Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Priscilla Romans and Grace Care. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and it's Thursday, August 4th in the year 2022. Before we get begin, make sure that you're taking good care of your wealth these are dangerous times and, and very volatile times, and that's why we have the folks at Birch Gold to make sure that your wealth is as safe as it can be. Patriots, we know the economy is in a mess, but you know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at any time fully understand. What can we say? You know who understands the real threat of inflation? It's the people who have invested in gold and silver. And that's why we have Birch Gold. They're working with you to protect your savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying your 401k and IRA into gold, physical gold. And it's not too late for you to take action now. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold has the experts to help you. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 and get real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text BARDS to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation info kit on protecting your savings with gold. Well, tonight, Patriots, we have a very interesting guest, and this is Priscilla Romans, who runs an, a group called Graith Care, which we're going to get into here very shortly. Basically, the we're starting to see the emergence of a new alternative to the broken and corrupt corporate healthcare system, and she's one of these is pioneering the way. Before we begin, knowing the threat that we're dealing with in this bioweapon environment, I want to read to you from an article that was posted just a little bit ago on Gateway Pundit. The title of the list of the article is The Terminal List. And it goes on to say in the title, was the Hollywood hit series starring Chris Pratt influenced by current events within the Department of Defense? And so they read out a scenario and the scenario goes like this. Sir, after the first dose, I had a brain aneurysm and I fear the second one could kill me. The commander listened to his concerns, but despite his senior rank, felt powerless to go against the Department of Defense policy. I'm sorry, but we're just following orders. Unless you finish the series, you risk losing your job and you could be dishonorably discharged. I'm afraid that's the only way. And so Steve, a healthy middle-aged father with close to two decades of honorable service and near retirement, reluctantly received the second dose to save his job and provide for his family. The pounding headache the next day, he was told, is normal. He tried to sleep it off, but it was unrelenting. The visual distortions, numbness to his extremities, and vertigo alarmed him. But the pain is in his head. Soon, but the pain in his head soon became excruciating. His wife finally convinced him to go to the ER. The physicians, initially bewildered and visibly concerned, ran a series of tests and quickly brought in the one call neurologist. Steve, you need an emergency surgery to stop the bleeding and relieve the pressure in your brain. If not, you will die. Hundreds of miles away, Jonathan had to take a break after climbing the stairs. Out of breath, he fought back tears of frustration. 
The 29-year-old formerly sponsored athlete was now unable to walk on an incline without his heart racing and muscles quickly fatiguing. Something was not right. The pain and tightness in his chest was foreign to him. Maybe with time, he thought, these symptoms will go away. Unfortunately, they only worsened in the days and weeks ahead. Am I going to be able to carry my newborn daughter? Am I going to be able to fend off this debilitating brain fog and focus on the rigorous flight training to fly fighter aircraft, he asked himself. Jonathan had a tough decision ahead of him and a long road to recover, to recovery while he sought answers, but he knew his limits under these new circumstances. His commander was taken aback when Jonathan informed him that he could no longer attend pilot training. Jonathan, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I know, sir, but my old self has died, and I can't get, back, get him back. I need to focus on my recovery. My lifelong dream to fly fighters has been taken away from me. I wish I never got these shots. While the above may sound like a vignette to the hit series The Terminal List starring Chris Pratt, it is sadly not a Hollywood fiction, but the reality of many of our brave men and women in uniform. Similar to the plotline in The Terminal List, the DOD is injecting an experimental emergency use authorization drug in its members, often without their informed consent. Both Steve and Jonathan, whose names and personal details were changed to protect their identity, were vaccinated against COVID-19 using EUA injections. They only slowly are recovering from these injuries sustained under a policy which forced them to get this EUA injection because it mandated the vaccination of every member of the military, and often without regard to pre-existing medical conditions or other legitimate reasons as to why they should not receive these largely controversial shots. Do you know how there is not a single politician in the field running right now for office in Congress anywhere in our rank and file, that we hardly have anybody in the senior leadership and influencer categories in this nation that are telling people to not take the shot. Do you notice? Have you also noticed that our F-35 F fighter fleet has been grounded for apparent maintenance problems? I'm asking myself questions now. Those are a very rare pilot breed. Are they grounded for maintenance problems or are they grounded for lack of pilots? We know that these injections are destroying our military. They're destroying good people. And we don't have any politicians that are standing up against it. None. So I'm telling you right now, if you want to get excited about the winds that apparently we're supposed to have this red wave right now, it's complete crap. Because until I start to hear people that have the backbone, the spine, to start calling out the Department of Defense, to start calling out every congressman on the Hill, to start calling out Big Pharma on the political circuit to stop the injections immediately, and furthermore, to face Nuremberg trials and the consequence that comes from it, we, haven't gotten, we have not achieved any change or any improvement in our political system. That's the truth. So with that, I, I lay this out tonight because tonight we're going to talk to Priscilla Romans, who is trying to assist in any way she can. She was a nurse, and she left that occupation. She also worked in healthcare. She has seen the worst of this and has now broken out to offer an alternative solution to this convoluted mess of insurance and draconian hospital policies and she has built a great team to do just that and we have another guest on next week that will be talking about the same these interviews are important because these particular interviews this one and one next week with who is also a good friend of mine adam hardage both of these people have worked very hard and committed all their resources and their life effort now into breaking the cabal control of the medical industry to offer new opportunities, new chances, new avenues of approach to dealing with health care. Our health care system is bankrupt. 
It is run. It is literally nothing more than a criminal network of mafia type people. And that same criminal mentality infected all of our Department of Defense. Our nation at this point in time, to be blunt, is highly vulnerable. And it's vulnerable from every single person in the political sphere that promoted this injection. Our pilots, our soldiers that have been injected with this, we haven't even begun to see the consequences, the true consequences of what this vax will do. So Patriots, with that, let me introduce someone who's trying to offer hope, trying to offer an opportunity for change, someone who's pioneering a new solution. Let me introduce you to Priscilla Romans of Great Care. Well, Patriots, I'm really honored today to have Priscilla Romans of Great Care join us. She's a nurse and she's been offering an alternative to the corporate medical nightmare that so many people are trapped into. And so, Priscilla, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm great. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and maybe where the name came from? It's an interesting name, Great Care. Yeah, so uh, my name's Priscilla Romans. Um, I was born and raised in the great state of Illinois, which kind of went to a hell in a handbasket there real quick. So we left Illinois and we moved to Texas and um, we're, we're blessed to be down here in the, the great state of Texas. Everything is bigger down here. And um, Grace Care came about in March of 2020. Um, my husband got tired of me complaining about the healthcare system, and I've always been able to help navigate people throughout the system uh, with my nursing background and with my operations and leadership background. I just know lots of tricks and tips of how to navigate the system. So I just decided, well, if people aren't going to be told the truth, why can't I tell them? Why can't I help them? So uh, Grace Care launched in March of 2020. Grace actually means to prepare, if you look up the word. But the real way this came together, it's our two girls' names, Grace and Faith, put together. So we literally are putting the puzzle pieces together for lots of different people across the states and internationally now. I've got a team of advocates all throughout the states and internationally. And people call us and text us every single day. And they said, here's my problem with my health care situation can you help? And we just go to work on whatever their problem is. We look for options and solutions that they're probably not aware of to begin with. We are in quite a time right now with this whole pandemic and the consequence of it, basically what I refer to as a bioweapon. Can you talk a little bit about that and your perspective on what we're facing? Yeah, I mean, it is, uh, I don't even think we've seen the beginning of it. I think a lot of people are feeling it. But based off of the calls um, and the clients that are coming to get help from Grace Care, they are they they have been manipulated and pushed into go getting something experimental into their body. Uh, one of the COVID nineteen vaccinations. Uh, some people don't even deem it a vaccination because they changed the definition. Um, we don't know all the ingredients. Um, there is information leading to think to that there is a shedding component from skin to skin or even somebody coughing. Um, we're seeing a lot of alarm bells going off with high rates of autoimmune issues, um, cancers that were dormant that are now uh, right back and sometimes with multiple other cancers as well. It is alarming what is happening. And um, what your audience has to remember is they don't need to be in fear. They need to get back in control of their health care and stop relying on a broken system in order to fix them. The only person who can fix anybody is yourself. Now, if you're confused about what to do and you're not for sure what to say and do, and you don't really trust your doctor, which there's a lot of people that now don't trust their doctors, they're done. They felt like they've been lied to. And um, they're coming to great care and we're helping them find better physicians that can take care of them and navigating the sister system in a, in a completely different way than what, what they've seen for decades in their life. We're going to come back to that in a minute because it's a, I really want to understand a lot about what you mean by navigating the system, but we'll come back to that in just a second. I want to talk a little bit more about these, this vax damaging that's going on right now, which would be a kind statement. Mm-hmm. You are in a position to see numbers and to see realities outside of the corporate 
filter and or see even worse, the corporate censorship. What are you seeing? I mean, we, we hear all sorts of crazy numbers. We hear things like people, have, we've had 60% of the population, 70% of the population, 40% of the population have taken this injection. And we don't really know what those true numbers are. And we also have the reality of how many people are actually damaged by the vax. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I always question the data that they give. Uh, one, because I think any, any person in terms of a leadership in the corporate world knows that you can make the data look good to whatever you want it to make look, look good for. I, so I question the data that we're getting. Um, I think, um, I, I feel like there's probably less people that have gone to get, the, get one of these experimental vaccinations. They're just afraid to even say that they didn't because of their corporate job. I know a lot of people found ways of trying to figure out how to navigate that and avoiding that situation so they could keep their job. But then we have all of my wonderful friends out there in the healthcare system that did these large mandates in the healthcare system. And when you work, I've worked at the bedside, and when you work in these large healthcare environments, you are, you are brainwashed. You, I, I was in that. I, I worked in a pediatric intensive care unit. I believed everything I was taught in nursing school. I believed everything I was being told within the healthcare system. I believed all the policies and procedures. I believed what the FDA and CDC was saying. That is what we believed. And when they put these mandates out there, and they started fearing these nurses and physicians who have only been in these systems, they all went to go get it. They all went to go get it. There was a slither of them that did not. And we're starting to see those people not even be able to return to work. So they're under workman's comp, they've got short and long-term disability, and now we've got a massive staffing issue in terms of the nurses, even at the bedside and physicians. We're seeing traveler nurses having to fill in spots. These, some of these traveler nurses have like a year of maybe outside of coming out of the nursing, um, uh, graduating nursing school. That is alarming. As a nurse, you can't just put anybody on any type of floor to take care of a patient. You need a very well-trained seasoned person to be taking care of certain individuals with health conditions. And some of these people, because we deal with these healthcare systems, some of these nurses are not adequate in my opinion. They, it is, they, they are literally putting people that have warm bodies at the bedside in some of these places. I'm not saying all, but we deal with a lot of them and it is very alarming because they are clueless to the basics of even nursing. Priscilla, you just said yourself that you were inside that matrix of thought, which I think many would start to consider that almost a cult in, in the way it frames the world and, and gets people to believe in these things. What woke you up? Well, I always just got frustrated um, seeing that there was more that patients and families could know and there was more options, but I couldn't tell them everything. One, because it, it, when you're a nurse at the bedside, they literally put so much for you to do during a shift. You can barely even get your documentation done. They literally just, there's so many tasks to do and the documentation that you can't even get to patient care. That, that conversation, that relationship you should be building with a patient, that is what we moved away from. And that's what was so frustrating because there was so much more that I felt I, I could be doing for people. But then you just get used to it. You just, okay, well, I'm showing up. I'm doing my thing. I'm doing the best I can. You're like, well, that's all you can do. I just couldn't, I couldn't take it any longer. And when I got into leadership roles, that's what I did. Um, you know, the remaining, uh, before I uh, started my own business, I was in, a, um, senior leadership roles and seeing some of those decisions as to why they were made and they were made by money and the reasoning behind it, uh, I just felt they were broken reasons. So I just, I've always gone back to my roots and saying, I can't control the big broken system. All I can control is my own actions and attitude. And this is what I did. And I thought, okay, I'll just start doing this. I did it literally on the side of my corporate job when I first got started, because I had no clue what it was going to lead to. And I got so busy that I had to start finding other people like me. And the refreshing part is that there are way more people like me out there. 
all across the nation and internationally, and we are all making things happen. So people are stepping forward and saying, you know what? I've had enough. I'm going to join you. Let's go. And that is what is so exciting because once you step out of that matrix or that cult that you're calling it, and you start being free in your thinking to go, this patient has had a decade of this one issue and they're miserable still. They've been paying insurance, 15, 16,000 premium a year. They have to hit a $10,000 deductible. They all have to stay in network. They go to the same doctors in network. It is the Rockefeller system. And so when you start to break it down, you go, whoa, this is, this is a really big deal to step outside of it. Because once you realize how free you can actually be outside of the system, it changes everything. And then you start to gain that control back and you start telling people, this is how I would do it. Here's what I found. And we just are transparent with people. We tell people the truth and that's what's not happening out there. So we just, we're, we're fighting for so many people in so many different scenarios. And um, we just believe there's, there's more great things out there for everybody. I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot on this question. And, and I understand this may be a bit uncomfortable, but coming from that place as a nurse, and we're looking at hospitals that are supposed to be institutions of trust. And we're now seeing the damage that they're causing with this injection. We're just blindly following the directions of pharmaceutical or their administrators. Shouldn't there be some level of accountability in this point with the damage that they've done to patients? It would seem that if, just like we have medical malpractice, if they have been instrumenting something that is causing such damage, which we know the VAX has, that there needs to be some sort of accountability. A hundred percent, there should be accountability. And a lot of people bring up the Nuremberg Code and they say, well, they can't just say I was doing what I was told. Now, um, I would caution some of these people that are in these facilities still doing these tyrannical protocols that we know that do not work, that cause more harm than good. And um, I do think they will be held accountable. There will be accounting for the... Um, for the deaths and um, I think the healthcare system will collapse. And I think that's gonna be very hard for people um, to deal with because again, our society has been codependent on a broken system. They believed everything their doctor told them. They didn't do any research on their own because they believed what, what they were being told. And now they're questioning everything. And when that happens, that scares people. And they go, well, where am I gonna go for care if I have a stroke or a heart attack? Some people are deathly afraid to go to the emergency room because they're afraid they're going to get COVID positive swab, and then they're going to be put on a COVID unit and be isolated from their family and get things like remdesivir. It is very scary for people. And um, what's happening, it's a money-driven medical system. It's been like that for a long time, and now people are seeing it for themselves. And um, until people start breaking free from that, they're going to continue to get the same type of money-driven system and uh, they, they might die from it because they're going to get, they're, they're not getting all their options. They're only being told one side and it is the pharmaceutical sick medicine care and they just want to keep people sick. It's, the, it's a good business model for them. It definitely is. So let's talk a little bit about your term advocacy because it's real interesting. I mean, it, it, when we look at the healthcare industry as a whole, what we see I think from a layman's point of view, is that it's very much corporate controlled from top to bottom. There really isn't much independent healthcare out there that doesn't link itself somehow to insurance or the requirements imposed by that sort of network and dependency. Talk a little bit about how your approach is and how you're working, being able to work, which is really amazing, in all 50 states. Yeah, all 50 states, actually, we've served people in up to 44 states at this point. So we're, we're closing in on 50, which is really exciting. Um, and remember, I've only, I, I literally just left my corporate role resigning February of 2021. And to be at, you know, serving some, somebody out of uh, 44 states at this point, we might be up to actually 46 states. I got to run, run the reports um, and internationally. Canada, we have a client in Australia, we've gotten contacted from Athens, Greece, Spain, South Africa, you I mean, people are sharing what we're doing, because the term advocacy, what that means to people is 
we are independent and we are there for you and your family needs. So we have people that will come to us saying, I need help for my mom. She's getting worse. Something's going on. We're frustrated with what the doctor is saying. We don't feel like we're really getting anywhere. We're scared to go to the hospital. So they'll get a membership with Grace Care and it'll be maybe the mom, the daughter, maybe um, the grandfather, maybe some kids. They could be all on one membership and they're able to call in and talk to their advocate about what's going on for their needs. So what we do when any client, when any new person comes to us, one of the first things that we want to ask is, what is your greatest worry and concern? And we want to know what that is so we can start driving things forward for, for their needs. So we do an advocate match. So whatever the healthcare issue is or concern, we um, have a great team and our intake specialist, Jennifer, she will actually do um, an advocate match. And we match the need with the type of advocate. When people come to great care and they want an advocate, what that means is they want somebody that is independent to their need. They don't want them to represent big pharma or any big healthcare um, system. All they want is results. They're sick and tired of the way they've been doing things and they want to get a different perspective. So an advocate match for their need happens and um, they get rolling on their needs. So we're seeing anywhere from neonatal issues um, to hospitalizations uh, to people that just want to have a plan prepared um, for what's going to be coming in the fall. Um, even people that have had um, some of the bioweapon injections, we can call it, and they're afraid now because of some of the sads that they're seeing and some of the very odd um, diseases that are starting to pop up and their immune system is, is being attacked. So what we want to do is we want to find them solutions. And, and many times these people don't even want to go back to their doctor because the reason they went and got some of these experimental injections is because they were told they were high risk. And their doctor's office wanted them to come in and get it. And now they are very upset about having to go get something like this. So how do you deal with somebody who has had a current, I mean, old, we're familiar with vax injuries from children, but now we're dealing with vax injuries on a broad scale. And these injuries are hideous. I mean, we've got myocarditis, we have brain fog, we have clotting issues, a variety of, we have neurological issues. Are you finding cures for these? Or are you finding ways to just make their life more sustainable? So anybody that I've talked to within um, my networking, there is no cure because we don't need to know all the ingredients. Um, but what we do know is that there is um, things that people can do to mitigate some of the issues that they're having to get to some of the root cause of their problem. And some people were even um, advising to go get a DNA sampling. Um, a lot of holistic alternative um, options do do these analyses. And what it's really interesting is to identify what things are missing within their analysis so that way they can be, re they can be replaced. So some people are, come out to be very deficient in vitamin D. Um, they can have very low frequencies. They, their body can be in a more acidotic environment. And all of those things right there, those lead towards advanced disease. And we do know that these ingredients are very dangerous to the immune system. It tears it down. And people need to identify what is missing within their DNA, and they need to start to replace it. They've got to start boosting their immune system, but they have to identify what is the best plan an option for them. So everybody has their own DNA makeup. So it's not going to be the same plan for everybody. That's why we want to be very specific with how to help each person. Um, we are not doctors. We do not write prescriptions. Um, we're not licensed that way. We're advocates, but we do help advise and put a plan of action together. So that way those people know how to proceed. And of course, we have great networking of physicians that we help find um, for these people because they just don't even know where to start. I think that's a big one. That's where I was going to lead to. So as an advocate, so somebody is living in an area, they, they don't trust their doctor anymore. They call you and they, they have some needs for a prescription or they have some needs for some follow-up care. What happens then with working with you? We, we help them 
close those gaps. We go find it. We pick up, we were on the phone with them. We help them do it. Sometimes they go, can you just find it for me and then let me know? We say, yep, we can sure do that. We, we can do either way for them. All we care about is how do we want to partner with them? Because it takes a lot of work to find those things. Um, I had to get, we had to get one uh, gentleman recently in very, very quickly because he has, he had a new cancer diagnosis and had just gotten out of the, the hospital with COVID and um, he, his, his cancer is extremely advanced. It is, uh, I mean, it's, it's very bad. Um, and uh, so we had to find very quick, quick options. And um, when you have good networking and you've got great people that are patriots, and they want to help people, uh, we, we just move, we, we make things happen for people. And uh, th that's my mission is we figure it out. Um, I tell people, I don't know all the answers. My team doesn't know all the answers, but we know enough to make things happen. And we know enough of the right people to, to connect those dots for people. So it's kind of like, for example, like a general contractor, you know, you hire a general contractor to build a house, right? They sub out the work and they find the right people to build the house. That's what we're doing with advocacy is we we're, we're kind of like that healthcare contractor, right? And we're working for the person to build back, um, you know, how they want to take care of their health. What, what does it look like for them? What do they want for their goals? One of the things I find very interesting is most, almost everything that you outline in terms of your appro approach to care, the types of things you're looking at in the analysis of care, none of that's coming out of modern day medical school. So where did you get that experience? Uh, it's through a lot of my own self, self research. I'm calling people, trying to it, running into barriers saying, okay, I've tried to find everything for this. It's not working. I need to go find another option. It literally is like a, a daily scavenger hunt. Um, to try to figure out what is going to work for people and even trying to find the best cost for people because these things, things can be very expensive out there. So we want to, you know, of course, control the cost for people. But when you're dealing with a life and death situation, sometimes you got to shake and move. You got to make things happen for people. And that comes from my intensive care background. Um, we didn't have time to have a conversation when somebody was coding we had to take action and make things happen to protect that patient. And, and it's very important to me as a background as a nurse to go back to the fundamentals of why did I even want to get into nursing in the first place? And I just truly believe that that love and compassion for people is, is exactly where my heart is. Um, my, my, I've, I've got a family of nurses. My grandmother was a nurse in, uh, she was a lieutenant nurse. Uh, in the Red Cross uh, in World War II. And she ended up taking care of my grandfather who fought in the Battle of the Bulge. And um, I remember listening to them uh, as I was growing up and their compassion for people and, um, you know, standing up for what was right. That's, that's exactly, that's the heart and core of where I came from. It's refreshing. That's what I will say, because I think too often people get wrapped up into careers for the wrong motive, too often that motive is money or benefits. And I arguably, I think that's one of the big consuming delusions that has happened within the corporate medical institutions. So people can reach you by phone. Is that how that's done or is it done online? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, a couple different options actually. So the phone number people can write down that is direct to Grace Care. It is 469-864- 7149. That's 469-864-7149. Uh, and they can text or call that. Jennifer, our intake specialist, calls back everybody. Um, but the easiest way is for people just to go to our website, www.gravecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H-C-A-R-E.com. And you click the enroll now and uh, you place in uh, your information will take about one or two minutes. All that is doing is just getting in touch with Jennifer and she'll call you and talk about what type of advocate are you looking for? What is your uh, biggest need right now? So that way we can uh, you know, hook you up with an advocate match that best fits you and your personality. Um, 
that's how they get a hold of us. We make it really simple. All of our pricing is online. This is not a free service. Um, I do make sure people know that up front. I would love for it to be free, but I've got advocates that have left their healthcare job and are working for Grace Care. And um, I need to take care of them. And uh, we do have overhead cost and um, it's, this is a business. And um, I, I just make that known. All of our pricing is online though. We're very transparent with, transparent with that. And um, that, that's what we're doing. I say, uh, I tell people, look, you've probably been wasting probably about 15 to $20,000 on your health care every single year. I've asked the question, do you feel any better? Are you confident with what you need, what, with what you need to do next? Most people would say, no, I have no clue. I think this is one of the big things and one of the big traps of health insurance is people imagine these incredible costs of some errant problem like that once in a, one in hundred thousand events of somebody gets a in an accident and they're they're strung up in the hospital for months and they imagine that as the normal. And so the healthcare kind of sells itself towards that extreme fear. What can you say to people with that? Because that's one of the bridges I think we have to overcome is this idea that it's, we'll, we'll call it the, the extreme medical or uh, major medical concept that's been moved into the mainstream of all healthcare insurance and providing services where people have to pay this inordinate amount of money, which they seldom ever use with huge deductibles, all because they're afraid of that one possible time in their life when it's going to be so crazy that it, if they don't have health insurance, they're gone. Yep. Yeah. Well, I can speak from experience on this. One, I've worked for one of the largest healthcare uh, insurance companies helping develop a 500,000 life plan. Um, and I didn't last there but six months because of the, some of the things that I saw. And um, I was cornered um, because I disagreed with how they were approving surgeries because there was no way that person on the other end would understand why they were being denied and um, I did leave because I, um, I, I I could not stomach what I was seeing so I not only worked for them I've not only paid for insurance my entire life I have paid uh, for a large healthcare insurance program you know where uh, you know just under a thousand bucks a month is coming out of my paycheck because I, I have a family of six. Okay. So I've done it for years, but I no longer am doing it. So when people say, well, Priscilla, what do you do? I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. And we, I have moved, uh, I can only speak from my experience. Uh, we are, we are cash price. I do have a, a critical plan that I use. Um, and I have an accidental, which is very cheap. Um, for me, uh, you know, based off of, um, you know, who I can go to. And I give people this information too. I said, here's an option. You can call them. You can find out what your other options are besides what you're currently doing. And I pay 105 bucks a month. That's what I've decided to do for my family. And now we put that money that would have been going to insurance and we have divvied it up to other things. IV supplements. I go, go get every quarter. I boost my immune system with great IV supplements that I decided to put in my body because I want to be proactive. I go get a detox. I'm getting, I get my DNA checked. What am I missing within my body? I am a living example of exactly how I would want to advocate for anybody else. Cause I believe if I don't do it, how can I be a good example for anybody else? So it's working. It's great. Um, I don't live in fear. Um, we have money put aside in case something catastrophic does come up and that's just what we're doing. We are not feeding the big, big, bad, broken system that has wanted to control our lives for years. We, I barely ever went to the doctor for years. And I'm thinking, man, I've given them hundreds of thousands of dollars at this point. And I could have been banking that for my kids, for all sorts of things. But no, 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 I did it because this is how we were trained in life, right? You uh, go to college, you get a job, you sign up for insurance, you get a retirement plan, you get a 401k, you're supposed to have one, one and a half kids and a dog. You know, it, like, we have to get out of that comfort zone and start being free again. And this is just one way I'm doing it. And if anybody else wants to do it, I say, great, God bless America, figure it out. But I'm excited to kind of relook at what we've 
what we're doing and look at our costs and do that cost analysis at the end of the year saying, how did we do this year? And what would we have been doing when we had insurance? Because insurance doesn't pay for the DNA sampling. Insurance does not pay for my oral supplements I take. Insurance does not pay for IV supplements. Insurance doesn't pay for all those great things that you can do for your body proactively. So why would I be paying for a healthcare insurance program and want to go do these other things? I would barely have anything left to pay for gas and for, for the pantry of food that I need for these growing children that are, that are near my house. So that's how I look at it. Um, maybe that was too much for your audience, but hopefully that gives them a great example um, as to what they can do if they, if they choose to do that. I think it's a great discussion because there's a lot of changes we have to make within the paradigms of how we see things. So much of this has been shaped by big investors in Wall Street to influence people into not decisions that are benefit for them, but are benefit to the investor class that's constantly want to profit off of things that should not be exploited to the level that they are by any means. So in this process right now, one of the other issues that comes up with the alternative care is what happens if we have a, a critical issue like a broken bone, um, a uh, needing to have surgery on something, uh, you have a tear, you have a cut um, again. So can you be a first point of contact for that? How does that work? Yeah. I mean, that's what we, that's what we look at. You know, um, if people don't have insurance, we get a cash price option. There's a lot of great cheap, cash price options to go get these things done from a very good outpatient facility. If it's a critical issue, of course, we want to avoid those things to begin with. But, um, you know, those critical things do pop up still. And, um, you know, that's where um, we, we help people when they're in their emergency room, they call us worried about what's going to happen next. And we help talk with the physicians with them, asking those questions that they might not know how to ask themselves because we're advocates. We want to advocate and we just happen to know the right questions to ask and how to move the person through the next steps in a very nice, easy way. The healthcare system, one of the things most people get frustrated with is the doctor, the hospital, the multiple um, specialists they go to, they don't talk to each other. Nobody knows what the other person's doing. Every, you have to repeat your story to everybody. And that's really frustrating. So having an advocate that's there for you that can bundle up that conversation um, just makes people's lives e easier. We get, to the, we get to the point, we shake and move. The doctor oftentimes goes, wow, this is really nice. Uh, thank you for, for wrapping that up. And yeah, let's, let's make some of these next steps. It's a good conversation when you have an advocate with the physician. You can really move and communicate what does the patient want and defend what they want to get those things ordered and get a move on them instead of continuing to just talk about the same issue for years. One of the things that has come up repeatedly, we've, I, as a community, what we call Bards Nation, we've known a number of people who have been ended up being, I would just call it incarcerated in the hospitals, having gone in for something, then getting a COVID positive test, being locked in, families can't get them out. Uh, there's nobody there that has been able to free them from that nightmare. And they've number of these people that we have had in our own community have died as a result of the horrendously conceived treatments between the ventilator and redemsevere. So where, where does that change in working with you? Is it change at the front end where you're advising where to go, or do you literally have the ability to intercede and represent them in such a way to free them from some of this incarceration? Yeah, we, yeah, we've done it. Um, I'll give you a great example. People can go to our great care rumble channel. There is a great story on Molly and Jim on there um, that gave a testimonial. Um, Jim was in a, um, a hospital up in the Midwest, large healthcare facility that has 300 hospitals. It's the largest there. Um, and so Jim was there and uh, he was extremely sick. They wanted to intubate him every single day. And one of the nephrologists that actually um, had passed our number to him and said, you, you guys, you need to get out of here. You need to call Grave Care. And so his wife called and said, I don't know what you can do. The doctor keeps saying every day he's getting worse. They want to intubate. Jim doesn't want to be intubated. He's, he's afraid. He, he, he's not feeling good. I said, okay, great. 
all right, let's let's talk to the ICU doctor. Here's when I here's the approach. Is this what you want? They said, well, yeah, that's what we want. I said, okay, we'll we'll give him one last opportunity. And if that doesn't work, do you guys want to fly out of there? If I can get if I can fly you out of there, they said, uh, yeah, we we can do that. I said, yeah, I I've just got to get an accepting order, and we can work on these next steps. And that's that's what they wanted. And so the ICU doctor was shocked when. I asked him the questions and I already knew what he was going to say. And um, the, the family, Jim really wanted um, like the frontline doctor's protocol for hospitals. That's all mine. That's what he wanted. That hospital was not intrigued by the frontline doctor's hospital protocol. That's not what they did at that hospital. So I said, okay, sir, well, let's do a request to transfer. Here's um, a physician that we want to see if uh, they will take on Jim's case and we are real nice with it and so forth. And um, that other doctor uh, did accept him and they had just had a better protocol. They used the, the frontline doctor's protocol. It was, it's been working. They, the doctor does not use remdesivir and um, had very, very low mortality in that critical care hospital. And so Jim said, yeah, if he says, yes, I'll go. So we got a critical care ambulance, which is an Airbus. Uh, we had to get a bariatric plane because uh, Jim, Jim's a larger gentleman. And uh, we flew him out of there and got him down to another hospital that had a better protocol. Um, they worked him up. We cut his oxygen requirements in half within a couple of days from what the previous hospital, because he was getting from a head to toe look at exactly what his body needed. And um, the physician did a great job. Jim is back home alive. And um, I wish every scenario happened like that. It does not always happen like that. If somebody calls in there and uh, they, they, their organs have been severely damaged, there are some different um, things that we have to approach, it, even if we can get them out of the hospital, because sometimes flying is not an option because of how critical they are. Um, so there's some real life and death scenarios we've had to deal with. Not all of our clients that we have uh, served, they have, they have survived. Um, because of the abuse of the hospital protocols. So uh, we're there to help walk them through those type of scenarios and all of their options. Because um, some of these situations are just like you've experienced. They are, they're horrific. And um, I, some of the meanest physicians and nurses that we ran into, I'm extremely disappointed in um, their, their lack of compassion and um, I do hold them accountable for some of the hideous, tyrannical things that they are doing to people. That's true. I'm looking at your media section on your website, and I'm seeing names that we're very familiar with on this channel. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Stella Emanuel, Dr. Simone Gold, Dr. Brian Artis, Dr. Angela Varela. Mm -hmm. And uh, you also have, uh, I saw a picture of Dr. Eric Naputi and Dr. Peter McCullough. Have you worked with these people? Are you are they part of your outreach network and yes. people to connect with? Because those are some big names. Yeah, um, I, I you know I've outreached to them. Um, you know, Dr. Peter McCullough's even uh, sent us clients. We'll call and said Priscilla, I know you can help him. I know what you do. He's he's seen our work in action, and uh, I, I think that that's a testament to exactly what our mission is. And uh, there is not a protocol for every single. In um, individual that comes to us. The only protocol that there is, it's you, it's you, it's yours. What do you want? What are your goals? What are your expectations? And let's see if we can move forward. We're very honest with people. If there's scenarios that come to us, I've told people that that option that you're looking at is almost unlikely to happen. Here's some other options that you can navigate towards. Um, because there's some scenarios. I mean, this is, you just can't make up these things. You cannot overpromise in these, some of these really life uh, critical situations. And um, that's just my heart in being honest with people because so many people have been lied to and ignored. And um, the, the pulse that we have on uh, the current healthcare system, we, it, we are on life support right now. I think it is going to collapse. I think a service like Grace Care is going to be at the front lines because uh, people, people are still going to need, need a lot of help as uh, some of those walls come down on some of the ph pharmaceutical and big healthcare systems. You're definitely part of redefining the way we're going to do healthcare, and that's fantastic. I'm going to read a quote to you as we kind of wrap this up. Uh, 
It's from Dr. Alan Greenberg, medical doctor. And as he wrote, as a retired physician, I can honestly say that unless you are in a serious accident, your best chance of living to a ripe old age is to avoid doctors and hospitals and learn nutrition, herbal medicine, and other forms of natural medicine unless you are fortunate enough to have naturopathic physicians available. Almost all drugs are toxic and are designed only to treat symptoms and not cure anyone. Your response to that? He's 100% right on the nose. And that is something that I'm the most frustrated with my background in nursing and my love and compassion that I've worked and given so much of my years to this big healthcare system. Nobody told me how important nutrition was. Nobody told me some of these um, amazing herbs and naturals and ways that you don't even have to take pharmaceuticals pharmaceuticals to correct your blood sugars, to correct your blood pressure, to correct cancer. There are options out there. And it's so exciting when you understand and learn those things and you start to see miracles happen, your life changes. And my, my life has changed because of the miracles we've seen. We have clients that no longer have cancer. Um, I can't say the C-U-R-E word because they get upset if I say that because they don't want a C-U-R-E to happen for cancer patients. But I want people to have hope and be encouraged that um, there are better options out there for you. You just haven't been told and we're here for you when you need. So it's kind of a final part of that. Are you then reaching into non-traditional medicine spaces, naturopaths, herbalists, massage therapists. So that's part of your network that people can count on when they come to you. Oh, yes. I have I have some of the best of the best. I can see them myself. Um, I talked with one earlier uh, today. She's amazing. She did a, a DNA analysis on uh, for one of our clients um, that uh, is extremely, extremely sick. And the deficiencies that came out of that were so eye-opening to that person I, I wish they would have known that years ago. They, they wouldn't have such an advanced uh, diagnosis right now. Um, so we call that co-treatment or co-partnering or it's co- complementary, right? There are things that you can do in the traditional allopathic medicine world and the alternative. And we want to be that bridge for people because not a lot of people understand the naturopathy or the, the alternative. They get scared of it. Well, they don't have to be scared. You can easily transition and do both. You can do co-treatment and it happens every single day. You don't have to do one or the other. You can do both. And, and people need to be encouraged. At the, the bottom line is that you have to figure out what do you want to do for your health and wellness. If you want to continue relying on the big, big, bad, broken system that wants to control everything that you do, stick with it, have fun. But when you're done with it, and, you, and you're so frustrated, come get an advocate and we'll help start moving your healthcare forward in a lot of different ways. Um, you'll probably be frustrated because you will, you will have realized that you have been lied to for years. And there are amazing things that you can do for yourself without having to, you know, be frustrated every other day with your health and wellness. You've mentioned DNA analysis a couple of times. I don't mind telling you this is one of these areas that I just cringe at. Uh-huh. With what we know about DNA, with what we know of how DNA data is used, how misappropriated it has been, how much focus has been towards collecting people's DNA for other nefarious purposes. Mm-hmm. How do you even, how are you able to do that? And how are you able to have security with anybody that takes your DNA to know that it's going to be safe and not given away? Well, I, I, the one person I sent it to, um, I, I sent it directly to them. And they do the analysis. And uh, so I've, we've got controls with just who's taking it and what we're looking at. We're, not, we're looking at it from a component of what is missing, what, it, what are they deficient in, and is there information we can learn about that individual's DNA that can help be supportive to their immune system. So even when they put in something in their body that has altered it, like an experimental injection, right? You've got to know what's happening in your body in order to get it fixed. I tell people, it's like you've got a, a, a car and you need to get across town. You've got two flat tires, you need gas and oil. You cannot just pump up one tire and expect to get across town. You've got to know all the components and fill up every tire, do the gas, do the oil, and, and then get across town. If you're going to try to do it with just 
pumping up one tire, good luck. You're going to exhaust yourself. You probably have heat stroke if you're doing it in Texas, pushing yourself across town. You've got to understand all the components and, and start putting up a game plan that's going to work for you to get safely across to the other side um, before something really catastrophic does happen to your body. So tell us again where everybody can find you. Yeah, go to Gracecare. Uh, dot com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H-C-A-R-E.com. Click the Enroll Now. Um, it'll take you one to two minutes to put your information in, pick the type of advocacy needs that you have. Jennifer will uh, then reach out to you and um, make sure she an- she'll answer all your questions. Um, I would say at least do 60 minutes um, just to get started, especially if you're looking to be proactive, if you just want to get to know what we do. People then can use their membership time when they need it. They don't have to use all 60 minutes. We have some people that just say, I want to get started. They'll talk to their advocate for 10, 15 minutes and say, great, I don't have any further needs. I'll call you back when something pops up. Thank you. And they do. They call us back when a, when a need pops up. And that is what we do. We're, it's a membership. We're here for people when they need. Well, we always close with a, a prayer, Priscilla. And if it's okay with you, we'll close with a prayer. Perfect. Father, we want to thank you today for this blessed meeting, once again showing us ways through this very convoluted and difficult space where people have become framed and trapped by narratives that are not for their benefit, not for their health, and most all, importantly, not allowing the body temple to achieve its greatness and healing. We're blessed by these actions by great care and all the work that Priscilla is doing to move this forward to a way where people have advocates can start making solid choices. And most of our all in this process, reclaim the sovereignty over their body and over their health and wellness. And we say these things in Christ Jesus name. Amen. Amen. We want to thank you today. This is very, very inspiring interview uh, with alternatives that are now starting to emerge. I think it's just a, we don't hear enough about this and it's very difficult in this media environment that we're in, especially this corporate media environment that wants to advocate for perpetual sickness rather than perpetual wellness. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. I'm praying for everybody. Um, you know, we, we love, we love our clients. We, we know that there's going to be victory on the other side. There will be death. Um, we are all immortal. We, we are, we are all going to die at one point, but I say at this point, you need to live, you need to figure out what works for you. And we're here for anybody that needs an advocate. Well, thank you again. Thank you for all you're doing. Have a very blessed day. Yeah, you too. Okay, God bless. Bye-bye now. Well, Patriots, that was Priscilla Romans and Great Care. I found it really inspiring to start hearing from the founders of these new approaches to medicine and health, more importantly, health, because everything is based now that the direction we're going is on curatives and body restoration, which is really powerful. And we'll be having more of these coming up. Of course, we know that Dr. Carrie Midday is shifting in that direction as well towards innovative new technologies that will help restore the body health. This is another approach to giving you an advocate that can help you navigate through the people that are out there to find the right blend of of professionals that can bring the type of health care that you need or restorative body wellness care that you need. Next week, we'll be hearing from Adam Hartage, who is a friend of mine, actually, and um, has been has started a company to provide uh, e-health, basically. It's a personalized e-health services that can be brought right to your, basically, to your desktop. So a lot of amazing ideas that are coming out. These are intended to provide so much, uh, to provide information for you so you can navigate through and create good decisions in what is a very convoluted and messed up space, thanks to our criminal cabal that's running the hospital hospital health systems and the insurance system. So, Patriots, thank you. I hope you have a very blessed evening. We'll be back for Fishers of Men. So until then or until the next time, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. So keep your prayers up. He's speaking, and we need to listen. In the end, God will always win, but we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. 
Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs>